Good morning and welcome to Dubai Today for our regular weekly edition of The Animal House. Dr. Lucinda Nutras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, managing partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery, are here to take your questions this morning, whether it's to do with your animal's health and diet or their boarding needs. Today we'll also be answering the question, is there such a thing as a dangerous breed of dog? And we'll be looking at the latest animal news stories, including the extension of the Good Samaritan Law in the US, which allows members of the public to help animals trapped in hot cars. You can get some free advice this morning by texting 4001 or even speak to us live in the studio by calling 04423 Plus, as always, we'll have our mystery animal competition with a two-month supply of pet food courtesy of Royal Cannon up for grabs. Good morning to our experts. How are you guys doing? Very good. How good are you? Morning. Doing well, thank you. It's getting you. hot Do- out there, huh? It is getting hot. <laughs> yes. Is that is that seeing a few more uh, animals being brought into the to the, to the oh, clinic? Th- thankfully not. Mm. Um, you know, I can't speak for all the clinics in Dubai, yeah. but uh, we haven't had any issues with heat oh, stroke yeah, yet. Yeah, but that's because nobody comes to yeah, see us. Yeah, that's possibly true, yes. <laughs> M- maybe if you went to one of the good clinics. Go, maybe yeah, go to a good clinic, they'll take care yeah. of it. <laughs> that's interesting. Is, is there, are there peak times in the year when you, when you do see a... You know, sort of a rise in, in, in cases of accidents or illnesses and things like well, this? Well, obviously, the summer brings its own unique cluster mm. of issues. Yeah. You know, the heat-related things being one of them. Mm. Um, also, in the heat, you know, simple things like gastroenteritis get mm-hmm. more severe because, you know, dehydration is worse. And then also, depending on what, what parasites are crawling around in the environment, you know, certain times of the year, ticks seem to be worse. Uh, they're little mites that run around um, as well called harvest mites, and mm. we seem to see those in certain seasons. And you see uh, sneezing and runny noses at certain seasons. So, yeah, there's definitely a um, – you, you can kind of plot the way it's going to go depending yeah. on what the weather's doing. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a there's – a, obviously, we like to cover the latest uh, news story on the program. We also take the uh, questions from the listeners as well, 4001, if you guys – the experts are here. So now is the opportunity <laughs> for you. If you have a question about your pet, you've got a concern, could be related to, uh, you know, the summer, the heat. Uh, maybe there's something going on with your animal uh, that you would like to have explained. 4001 is the number to text. Give us a call as well. 04-423-1010. We had, a, we had a call last week, didn't we? Took a call live to air. We've never done more than one That's right. call live on air. Are, so you still, are you still intent on breaking the record? I would like to. Okay. But, but you, I, would like but you I understand. Know, you know, it can only be called a failure last week. That it you was did, a failure. That you did not get to the two. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, you, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I feel very <laughs> bad about it. I've been thinking about it all week. <laughs> Has it been an issue for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can understand. No, it, it definitely was a failure let's call it as we see it it was a failure last week let's see if we can get two people to call any more than one one and a half even if you just say you're going to call and then you hang up yeah exactly even if you have absolutely nothing to talk about just get on the air with (laughs) us we'll all say hello to each other (laughs) and and then we'll break the record (laughs) that unbeatable mountain that one (laughs) <laughs> we would love for you to join in the program. It really is your opportunity to do that. Zero four four two three ten ten. As soon as the phone line starts ringing, we'll get you guys on the air and get you some advice as well. Uh, as we said, we're running uh, a competition as we do every Monday as well. We're giving away a two-month supply of pet food from Royal Cannon. And, uh, of course, the mechanism by which uh, we give away uh, that pet food is this. What's the animal? We do a very lovely competition where we're going to give you a series of clues. You need to guess what the animal is. You need to text it to uh, it to us on four zero zero one. Todd, clue number one, please. Oh, really? Already? Okay. You're the keeper of the clues today. I'm the keeper of the clues. You've got today. the clues. All right then. So the animal we are looking for is a bird that is unique and native to North America. <coughs> got it. 
No. <laughs> you've instantly, you've no. instantly jumped on that. They, they are predators with excellent eyesight, mm-hmm. and the frontal setting of their eyes gives them excellent binocular vision as well as peripheral vision. Okay, well that's uh, that's uh, our very first clue. If you <coughs> think you know what the animal... <laughs> I'm going to give you another little clue. What, think about things that have happened over the last couple of days kind of like around the world in America. And <laughs> that's, a, that's a clue. Uh, oh, you can't help yourself, Ray. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah, I think he does, yes. <laughs> 4001, but let's do this now. Animal news. Okay, so uh, we like to look at um, all the hot animal news uh, that's uh, going on around the world. And and the first one kind of almost sort of ties in a little bit to the uh, mystery animal uh, competition as well. Uh, listen to this. Fourth of July is over and things are quieting down. Now it's time for pet owners to round up and find their cats and dogs that have escaped from their homes and yards and are now filling up animal shelters. Fireworks often scare pets into running away if they're not locked up tightly, making the days after the July 4th holiday one of the busiest times of the year for animal shelters. The Royce Hearst Humane Society of Grand Junction says they have already spoken to quite a few worried pet owners today. Definitely has been busy. Um, a lot of people have been coming in looking for their, their dogs. Um, we had a couple of dogs out in the kennels. I'm not sure when they were dropped off, but when we got here at 6 a.m., they were here. Okay, so that's the that's the issue. We've got uh, the Fourth of July celebrations. The fireworks have been going off all over the place, and people have been just losing their pets, yeah. uh, their, particularly their dogs. Well, look, you know, you know, you know, animals, especially dogs, have very, very good hearing. Mm. So we have to be very careful at our kennels when the fireworks are going off in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah, that we, yeah, because their he- hearing is so good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's such. What a about when fireworks go off in Dubai? Oh, that yeah. exactly. Yes. No, that's true. Actually, it is a real issue. In fact, yeah, but they're no, classier no, they fireworks. They, they have they have <laughs> noise phobias. A lot yeah. of dogs, yeah. and um, I mean, you know, the fireworks are really loud and scary. They don't know understand what they are, and um, they run run away. I mean, <clears throat> the the obvious thing to suggest though would be to know it's the fourth of July and make sure your dog is safe. I mean, you know, really, I wouldn't, yeah. leave, you know, don't leave your dog out in the yard. It's going to get out because when they get terrified, especially a strong dog, mm. they can break through a fence. They can, I mean, they can even get out of windows and things. So you just need to make sure that they are secured and, um, you know, looked after. I, should I go ahead? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 she's actually, she being Lucinda is making. Um, Not the cat's mother. Is, no. <laughs> is, is making a, a, an important point I'd mm. like to embellish on it. And that is that. Uh, you know, a frantic dog, uh, particularly a strong one, can can really do an enormous amount of damage to any enclosure it might be in, mm. uh, as well as ultimately itself. So if they get frantic enough, uh, it can really be a problem and they can certainly be strong enough to often escape. So, it, you know, y- you actually really do need to be careful in yeah. those moments and make sure that they're properly enclosed in somewhere that's reasonably safe. And, and frankly, best of all, they should be in your company because they mm. do they are comforted by, by having someone around that's keeping them safe and feel comfortable you know and you know in places like america and the uk um you know the rest of the world there are medications available for dogs mm. they're they excellent really. yeah they're excellent they, they 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 you know you give them at the sort of time of fear mm. and um they usually do help a lot 
and they're very effective. So I think a lot of the time people that are faced with running, you know, their dogs running away, probably they are new to this. It's a first time thing. But if you know your dog, you know that he doesn't like fireworks and you know when the fireworks are going to happen. I mm. mean, at a certain times of the year, you actually can take steps. So we're yeah. talking, is it, we're talking about the tranquilizers? Yes, that, yes. It's, it is? it's basically, it's a, it's a Valium derivative. Okay. But um, it's not available in no. the UAE? No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's not. Um, you know, that, ca- th- that group of medication is very carefully controlled here. Mm. So it's not, not available for pets at all. I mean, I'd like to stress, you, <laughs> do, you don't, you don't drug up animals just willy-nilly but mm. if you do think you have an issue go see a vet and and and, and uh, maybe they can help you in some way or another mm. yeah definitely yeah. i remember when our family first we had a little yorkshire terrier years and years ago and brand new pet in the, in the house you know and and then it's fireworks night and and mm. she just went absolutely terrified so so terrified and the panting and and you kind of think um they're gonna sort of have a seizure or something yeah Yeah, i know it is it's terrible and 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 a lot of dogs are like that with thunderstorms as well you obviously don't see that here because they know thunderstorms but i'm from south africa where (laughs) they happen regularly and i've owned dogs that are completely beside themselves and they they actually know the storm is coming hours before it comes yeah they uh, yes. start shivering and shaking and you go oh dear it's going to be a thunderstorm and i'm like that with thunderstorms Did yeah. I, yes. well exactly so Did you just you know, say that i was married to a south african <laughs> <laughs> i won't tell anyone you're canadian no, okay. <laughs> okay so so i mean what what is the the instinct that makes them want to tear out of the house because okay so f- you know for the animal that the house is the safe environment right but you would think that that would be the place that they want to find I think it's completely that fight and flight mechanism. Basically, it's the parasympathetic nervous system, Mm -hmm. which is a big long word. And when they are so terrified, they literally are stimulated neurologically to a point that's not even familiar to them. And they just want to get away. So it's run. And that's what they do. I mentioned our um, our next story um, in the intro to the show about um, they've changed the law in the US now or parts of the US where you, it's an extension of the Good Samaritan law. So you can, a member of the public can interfere, if that's the right word, if they feel that a, a dog has been trapped into a car, in a car and there is real danger to yes. the health to the health of the dog. Uh, let's just take a little listen to this report. A new Tennessee law that's intended to help animals trapped in hot cars went into effect this week. As of July 1st, if you see an animal in distress in a hot car, you can save it. It's an extension of the Good Samaritan law. That law allows people to break into a hot car if a child is trapped inside but animal welfare officials warn this new law is very specific on what an animal in distress means distress meaning you physically see the dog witness the dog having what looks to be a heat stroke or seizing um that's pretty much it and it does not include if they're just panting they're not in physical distress do, do you guys identify with that do you do you agree with that in terms of the definition of of distress so it's not just Panting. I mean, if, I'm kind of thinking if I walk past a, a you know a boiling hot car, all the windows are up, the, the dog's trapped in the back, and it's you know you can see it just absolutely panting away. There's no water there for it. Well, you know the the problem the the problem that they face, which mm. I can completely understand, is that it become you know in the moment people are interpreting whether or not they should take action, mm-hmm. and of course the law is understandably trying to not encourage people to take action by breaking into cars mm. unless it's absolutely necessary. On the other hand. Uh, if people are concerned about whether they're going to be in trouble for trying to help the the dog uh, and they wait, um, the description of distress that they just provided might actually be later than it needs to be for that dog to be saved yeah. from whatever it's going through. Because by the time an animal is, uh, by the time a dog is just 
panting quite a lot without showing necessarily a lot of other signs of distress, that animal is already in the beginnings of heat stroke. Mm. So that's already when you need to start acting. And the other thing they say as well is, okay, so you can take action if you feel that it's gone mm. beyond that level. But you also, they recommend you call the police. You yeah. know, you, you call animal right. welfare. And then, fi- yeah. and then so 15 minutes later, exactly. the police arrive and the dog is already dead. It's not going to be. Because that's how quickly it can happen. And it's not going to be, let's face it, top of top of the list. You know, faced with a human emergency or an animal emergency, yeah. I'm guessing the law enforcement officers, they're going to go for the... It's going to, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, it's difficult. The law is trying to do what it can to, yeah. to provide a framework. I know that if it were me in that situation, uh, I would hopefully be making a good assessment but uh, I wouldn't be concerned about the law I'd break into the car do what I had to do and then I would I would accept the responsibility of paying the bills if I had to you well know? it's interesting you say that I mean this is comment w- uh, comments on the story uh, online people were saying look you know if I saw that I'm not waiting yeah. if it's pa- if it's if it's trapped in the car if it's clearly in distress if it's That's panting right. if I can't see anybody around to That's call right. them over exactly. I'm smashing the window and I'm taking I'm taking the dog <laughs> and I'm, I'm yeah. taking him to the dropping him off anonymously at the local animal and, welfare and then, and then you do what you got to do you know mm. you deal with de- deal with the bill payments or the the courts or whatever mm. i mean I, I would i would just pay the bill and deal with it so that's the situation in in the in the u.s obviously the uh, i'm guessing the law doesn't apply here to the to the u.s i don't think there are any such laws no, here no, I, I, I don't think there are actually mm-hmm. and um it'd be interesting to know what what happened mm. if such a case arose i mm. actually haven't heard of one like either, that no, either here where I somebody is you know I just think it's it's possible it's because most people leave their ACs on and the cars running in Dubai because you know nobody's worried about their car getting stolen. Oh, I saw that. I have to say <laughs> I did see that last night. I went to the I went to a supermarket and near to here and somebody had left two children, young children in the back of their car. Now they had left the AC running and the engine on, but that's almost I mean, you know, I'm th- sort of thinking all it takes is somebody to get in that f- and drive the car away. I mean, mm. it's so, so dangerous. Uh, I I'm, I'm guessing you guys would uh, advise people just not to leave their pets unattended in the back of vehicles without water without air with yeah of course not but you know the the trouble is if you have to get out of your car to do something and you've got your pet in the car or you've got your baby in the car well Mm. now what because you you know certainly with regard to dogs you you can't bring them in anywhere they Mm. can they're not allowed into buildings and malls and so on so you really you really do have an issue there but uh you know i i i honestly think that you know if if in most cases, probably you can in in this in this environment where where crime is really quite low, yeah. you can, you know, leave the car running, leave the dog in the car. Mm. I mean, a lot you know, if you have two keys, you keep the car running and walk away and lock the doors. You know, Todd and Lucinda are here. There are animal experts. We're waiting for your questions four zero zero one. If you've got a question about the health of your pet, uh, plus more animal news, including how scientists are seeking clues from animal behaviour. That's up next. Call the show with your question, 04-423-1010, or SMS 4001, or interact via our smartphone app. Oh. What's the animal? Todd! Clue number two, please. I wasn't ready for that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, clue number two. Uh, these birds prefer eating fish, which they often capture by swooping down and snatching them from the water's surface. Mm. Should I do the next paragraph as well, you think? No. no. I'll okay. let them stew That's because Ray's given them, them enough them of a clue, I think. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, basically everyone's getting it right so yeah, far. Yeah. Uh, see, Ray, you've got to keep the mystery going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of gave it away, didn't I? You did. Uh, with the 4th of July stuff. Uh, Letitia, I'm sorry to name and shame, but you're the only person who hasn't got it right. You're saying qui- coyotes or coyotes? Oh. 
Um, coyotes. Coyotes, yeah. yeah. You, Letitia, you, you, it's you're a bird. The, the, so coyotes are... No, 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 I'm saying... The, the yeah, the clue was. The clue was yeah, it's a bird. A bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought, you, you just blew my mind there for a second. I was thinking of flying... Coyotes. <laughs> 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 flying dogs. Uh, guys, uh, great to have you here. We're taking uh, any of your... Uh, Public questions to 4001. If you've got a question about the health of your pet or animal, please do send it through to us. 1010 uh, is the phone number as well. Animal news. And uh, we'll answer a few of those in a moment. But first, let's uh, focus more on the animal news that's out there in the world. Now, this is an interesting story that I want to get your take on, guys. Um, the Seismology Bureau in the eastern Chinese city of Nanjing has transformed several animal farms into seismic stations because they believe that monitoring the behavior of certain animals can help to forecast earthquakes and other seismic activities. Uh, breeders brief the Bureau on the animals twice a day and report any abnormal behaviour as soon as possible uh, through the uh, through Chinese instant messaging software. So social media is coming into this as well. And possible abnormal behaviour includes chickens flying atop trees instead of eating, uh, large numbers of fish leaping out of water, or toads moving home. Hmm. So this is, I, I think this is just Genius! And you were saying, Todd, about um, the dogs can often tell that um, f- you know storms are coming, storms are coming, yeah. and things like this. You know, so this is this is kind of that in action here, isn't it, guys? Yeah, it is. If it works, I mean, yeah. it'd be well, interesting to know, you know, how reliable it yeah, is. I mean, uh, yeah, I hate I hate to be. Uh, what's the word for this? <coughs> a buzzkill. Yeah, a stick in the mic. A stick in the mic. I don't a think you hate. To, I don't think you do pooper. hate that. <laughs> uh, but but uh, but two things. So first of all, um, I, I'm sure that I recall many 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 years ago. Uh, that there were reports of these kinds of studies going on. Mm-hmm. So although I think this is very interesting and great, I don't think it's particularly new or original. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, uh, the article unfortunately provides absolutely no statistics whatsoever with regard to the efficacy of the program. So mm-hmm. I'd be very interested to know whether or not indeed it's working. Yeah, I, I would too, mm-hmm. because it would be quite a, a cool and cheap way of predicting disasters, you know, if it yeah. was reliable. I'm, I'm pretty much... I, I would imagine it, it probably is reliable, but there's probably quite a large um, percentage of false positives, mm. meaning, you know, where they think, okay, they're doing it, it must be, and it doesn't happen. It's yeah. so a response y- to something else. Yes, yeah. you might have that sort of cry-wolf scenario yeah. <laughs> where people don't actually take proper action. So I'm not sure, but it, it, is, it is pretty cool. Well, definitely. you mentioned the efficacy, Todd. I mean, what, what sort of concerns would you had, uh, have over the ac- efficacy? I mean, in terms of w- my understanding of it, they've, they've, got it, they've just set up cameras. So yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, a What a I mean by efficacy part, is... Mm, is the behavior translating into an accurate prediction mm. of the outcome? Mm. And, and they don't say anything about that. So okay. They, so they say that they're looking for behaviors, they're recording those behaviors, they're reporting those behaviors, mm-hmm. but what is the correlation between those reported behaviors and an actual prediction of uh, an outcome that they're looking for? Uh, they don't say anything about that. So yeah. that's the efficacy part. Because, okay. I mean, you know, when you, when you talk about tests... Generally, a, t- a testing process is, is, is graded by its sensitivity and specificity. Yep. Sensitivity means its ability to actually pick up a problem. Mm. And the specificity means how many times that's picking up the real problem. So, you know, I would imagine the test is quite sensitive. I'd imagine, you know, the birds and the toads and all of that do things for a lot of reasons. But how specific it is to an earthquake, I think, would be my yeah. two cents worth of where the question is. So There's quite a large survey area. There's, there's 200 black boars. 2,000 chickens and a six 
I'm, I'm thinking this is hectare fish pond. So wow. it's, it's, it's quite a large yeah. bit of territory. Mm. And, you know, I guess, they're, you know, they're working hand in hand. I'm imagining this is early days. Yeah, um, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine it is. But it'll be... It'll be a good thing to follow, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. Uh, okay, good. Uh, let's have a little look at another story here. Uh, a slightly sort of lighter edge story. Um, they've created Tinder for dog owners. They've created what? <laughs> a Tinder app uh, for dog owners, which helps uh, animal uh, lovers uh, find friends for their pets. Oh, okay. you mean like an online... It's, you know, like like the, a the, friendship Have you heard of the Tinder app? No, I've no, not. No, sorry. Okay. We, we completely, you know, That's good, because I hadn't heard of it no. either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm very, very old and useless. I'm very married. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So, there's, there's, there's an app called Tinder. Well, I am, but that doesn't mean <laughs> <laughs> So, there's an app called Tinder. And uh, my, my understanding of it, obviously, I'm not on it myself, is that single people will, will put their profile online and then they can swipe uh, on the app whether they like or dislike somebody. Okay. Right. And if two people swipe to say that they like then there's a match that's made there and it's up to them if they want to give each other a phone call and right. you know I'm sure they probably speak to each other's parents right. first and sort yeah. all that out and all that yeah. kind of stuff but now you can do that for dogs so uh, you put your profile on with your uh, pet mm-hmm. and uh, and you can find a friend for lonely pets and I think this is this is something that must be an, ad- an advance that we can all say is a good thing well <laughs> It's a good thing if it all works out. I'm wondering if maybe the owners are trying to kind of surreptitiously be on Tinder themselves. Because uh, if the dogs are going to meet, you know, the owners have to bring the dogs, don't they? So there's yeah. also a human interaction going on. Yeah, well, there is an angle of that, but I was omitting that from the, sto- from the story. Oh, okay. Yes, it is, it is another opportunity for, you know, for people who've already mm. got an interest in animals, dogs or cats, whatever it might be. They've got that to interest. Meet, yeah. They can like, meet like-minded folk as well. Yeah, there was that movie called Must Love Dogs where yes. two people met because... <laughs> You know, they had a common interest yeah. in dogs, exactly. But, but the issue, I mean, you know, somebody's seen a, what they think is a, a problem here. Is there an issue with dogs and loneliness? I mean, you know, if, you, if you're an owner of, of one pet, should you be concerned about um, their health in terms of, you know, uh, socialising with other animals and other dogs? I think, I think it depends um, on the type of animal um, mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, some cats, for example, are completely happy by themselves. They're quite... They you know they're, they're quite happy to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel that that dogs like company um, because they are people like to call them pack animals. It's not mm-hmm. actually true. They they social animals. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the term, the correct term. Um, and so. It depends on the home situation. If you are a person and you have a dog and you have a very close relationship with your dog and you spend a lot of time with your dog, mm-hmm. your dog is not going to miss other dogs. But if your dog, if you are not around a lot of the time and he is alone or she is alone, it is arguable that they would be better off with another dog, mm. which is also why you know people take their dogs to daycare. Daycare is a very, very popular Doggy thing. Doggy daycare. Doggy daycare yeah. is very, very popular in Dubai and a massive, massive industry in the States. Yeah. And people literally take their dogs and they socialize with other dogs and they play. Mm. So, um, you know, I think loneliness does need to be thought about, but it needs to be thought about in each context. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I, so, I, I, I mean, I, you know, the Tinder app, I suppose, is a logical extension of um, yeah, <laughs> the social uh, media thing. <laughs> if, if you would yeah. like to download this, I don't know if it's available uh, in the UAE or not, but you can check know. this out. It's called Tin Dog. T-I-N-D-O-G. Uh, that's the app. Uh, download wow. that and check that out. What next, I tell exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next, actually, is the news headlines. Oh, so we're okay. going to go to that. When we come back, um, we've got Sarah uh, on the phone, and uh, she'd like some advice with um, uh, on the health of her cat, who's been eating and drinking uh, 
more than they normally do in the last couple of weeks. So she'd like if some we, advice. We actually have someone on the phone. We've got somebody Thank on you, the phone. Sarah. And Thank Todd, you, Sarah. I promise you, we will have another caller before oh, the hour. Are you manufacturing <laughs> the callers? No, no, this is yeah, real. Right. Petra's here. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> after this. This is The Animal House on Dubai Today with Suzanne Radford. Brought to you by Royal Cannon. The Animal Clinic. It's time to answer your your questions, your concerns. 4001-044231010. That's what uh, Sarah did. She gave us a call. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good to have you with us this morning on The Animal House. Uh, what is your question for our experts? Um, I have a question. Um, and uh, my friend, she has a question too. Mm-hmm. But I will start with my question. Um, the question uh, is about my cat. I have a Himalayan cat, five years old. Mm-hmm. And we noticed in the last two weeks there is uh, a sudden increase in eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. And we would like to know, is it something good or, or bad? Okay, so you've got a, a cat. It's been uh, eating and drinking a lot more in the last couple of weeks. Todd Lucinda, what do you guys reckon? Okay, so um, hi, hi there. Um, is your cat, you said he was five years old? Yes. And is he, has he been castrated? Uh, no. No, okay, so he's, he's a, f- a fully-fledged male cat then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, so basically in the last little while you've noticed an increase in drinking and eating. Does he go outside or does he live in an apartment? Oh, he lives um, in the house, but sometimes he goes to the backyard to play with uh, my brother's uh, cat. Okay, all right. So, so he does have access to, to outside. Yeah. Um, well, you know, ha- have you noticed him gaining weight or losing weight, or do you think he looks the same? Uh, no, he's gaining weight. Okay. And, but a um, little bit, not too much. Okay. And has he, um, have you changed his food at all? No, we did not change the food. Okay. Well, um, obviously, because he goes outside, obviously he's exposed to the change in, you know, the weather now. So you could argue that he's drinking more because it's getting hotter. But um, generally, if we notice an increase in drinking and possibly urination, it's probably difficult for you to tell that because if he goes outside, mm. it's, you, you're not actually seeing him toilet. But if they, if they drink more and urinate more, that could be an indication of a problem. Um, increase in appetite, it could just be because his uh, metabolism is changing as he gets older. Um, it could also be that there, there is an issue. You know, some cats get problems with their thyroid glands that makes it make them eat more. I, I wouldn't suggest that this is going on with your cat because he's five years old and that's quite young. We normally see thyroid problems in older cats. But um, I, I think that if he's pu- putting on weight, uh, you need to be careful that he's not getting obese because obviously obesity is not healthy. And, um, you know, but by the sound of it, I'm not overly thinking, oh, he has to rush to the vet for a checkup. But it might not be a bad idea for you to go see your vet, just get him generally checked out, get him weighed. And then they've got somewhere to start with in terms of monitoring any changes in that weight. And um, basically, if everyone at home is just aware that he's eating more and drinking more and can watch him over the next couple of months to see if there's any other symptoms. And, you know, you could probably at that point decide, no, this is just, you know, uh, a normal change or oh, hang on this could be a sign of a disease because you know eating more and losing weight for example that's a, a real problem and that needs mm. to be looked at but but he's not you know he's putting on weight he seems to be healthy and happy so I, I don't think you need to be concerned it's good that you noticed it and I think you should probably tell your vet about it 
I hope that okay. helps, Sarah. Listen, I'm just wondering. I mean, is there any chance that uh, some some cats are guilty of, of of eating at two different households, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Sort of wander off. You don't, yeah. you don't really know. Like you say, you don't know how much he's urinating when he's out of the house. You also don't know how much he's eating when he's out of the house. Yes, that's one of the big problems mm. with, with actually keeping them um, their weight under control. A mm. lot of animals or cats that are overweight, people literally can't put them on a diet because they go next door and steal the neighbor's cat's food yeah. yeah so i mean and, and it's quite a big change to to tell someone okay your cat needs to lose weight but now you have to keep them inside mm. that's also not nice so yeah uh, it is a it is a thing that happens a lot thanks to sarah for the call uh, 0423 yeah. 10 10 if you'd like to uh, ask our experts a question live on the air a uh, question that's come in from neil on the text to 4001 uh says hi i've got a two-year-old retriever who is overweight with a classic pear shape i didn't know retrievers had a classic pear shape but there we go. Uh, he's walked three times a day with one of those off the leash in an isolated area. He's fed twice a day with Royal Cannon at recommended amounts. He doesn't get scraps, but nothing seems to get his weight down. Any recommendations on weight control f- uh, that would help? Yeah, well, that's a, a quite a common problem, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming the, the dog's been sterilized or castrated. One of the things about castration is that, and spaying a female dog, is that it does slow the metabolism. Mm-hmm. So they do, they are, uh, they, they tend more readily to gain weight because their metabolic requirements are less mm. than they would be if they were if they were intact. So um, I think uh, also, you know, you, you're feeding the recommended amounts, which is great because a lot of the times people are just not aware what the recommended am- amounts are, and that's the reason for the obesity. But also you need to understand when, when a food manufacturer puts on a bag a recommended amount, they're looking at a bell curve and they s- they, they, they're banging straight down in the middle of the average. Mm. And, you know, you have populations that trend to either end of the extreme. So it, it's possible that your dog literally needs to be fed less. So I would start, I mean, Royal Canon is an excellent food. You know, you, you know that what, if you're weighing it out, you actually are getting those calories because it's been well researched and, you know, you can believe the label. I would actually cut the food amount by 25%. I know that sounds drastic, mm. but do that. Weigh him before you do it. Feed him that for two to three weeks and see if the weight's coming down. And if the weight is coming down, you can continue that way. And then just understand that he needs less calories, less than the recommended amount because your dog may be on the one extreme of the bell curve. Mm. However, there are certain conditions that can cause obesity and the main culprit being hypothyroidism or an underactive thyroid gland. Um, so if you're concerned about that, um, if you cannot get a weight reduction with reducing the food a bit, you should get him checked at the vet. Um, other symptoms of an underactive thyroid are lazy dogs, dogs that seek uh, heat. Uh, sometimes they have a poor quality hair coat. Uh, sometimes they have skin problems. And sometimes the only presenting sign is actually overweightness. Yeah. It's not really an English word, but anyway. But I think, um, so I, I would start by cutting the food um, and seeing how that goes. And if not, go and see your vet. I mean, thanks to Neil for sending the text in. I mean, three three walks a day sounds good. One of them's off the lead. He's running around. He's, yeah. you know, he's getting some exercise. But is there like a you're saying there's a bell curve for the amount of food they should have and things yeah. like that is it similar for the kind of distance that we need to be walking them at or the and the speed that they need to be walking no you know i have to say if you if you if you even look at humans and weight loss 
you know, the exercise actually doesn't have that much to do with it. Mm. Exercise has got to do with toning, keeping you feeling good and keeping your muscles strong and your shape nice. But to lose fat, to lose weight, it's all about the diet. It's all about calories. Food. Exactly. So it's the same. It's great that you're exercising your dog, obviously, and that helps mm-hmm. keep the metabolism up, all of that. But at the end of the day, it all goes down to what's going in their mouth. Mm, okay. So you need to control that first. And if that is not working, then you need to look for other causes, like, for example, the underactive thyroid gland. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many uh, people in your family. What, what's the fellow's name? Neil. 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 Uh, I don't know how many people in your family, but if there are a number of people, um, you may want to take a closer look at whether or not it's actually true that your dog is not snacking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very easy and uh, to do and very easy to forget that you have done that by, you know, various people in the family throughout the day are just tossing it's, him a bit of food here very, and there. It's you know? a very good point that, I mean, I'm sure I've told you the story before, the, 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 the catch the salami You've story. You've told me so many stories. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a client years ago in South Africa, a fat little Jack Russell, mm. and it was a major issue, could she was really yeah, she took you, it very seriously the whole thing couldn't get it to lose weight and the last time she came in to see me she brought her daughter with her and and i said are you sure the dog's not getting any treats yes i'm sure and the mom goes mom, and the little girl went mom but what about catch the salami and the mother looked at me and like went bright red and said oh yeah <laughs> i said what what on earth is catch the salami well every morning <laughs> when she's making her kids sandwiches for school they play catch the salami with the jack russell nice. and it had to jump and catch the salami and i went yeah. ah stop catch the salami and yes when that stopped the dog lost weight yeah, so, so, so neil 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 and his family may not even be aware that cumulatively mm the little bits and pieces they're giving throughout the day. I only did it once last week, but yeah, but they've each done it once last week and there happened yeah. to be 500 calories for each go. So, uh, you know, you need to maybe take a closer look at that. Thanks to Neil for your text. Uh, thanks to Samir as well, who texted in on 4001. says, my neighbor always walks his dog outside our house and it seems that the dog likes to urinate on our front door. We've mentioned to the owner that we're not happy uh, that the, d- the dog has marked uh, our door as his territory. How do we proceed? This is kind of a, um, this is this is almost like an inter-human uh, uh, kind of relations situation here. It's no. not really an animal well, question. It's, it's, it's a profound lack of respect, mm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't let, I mean, you wouldn't let your child go and, you know, scratch your neighbor's car, would you? You mm. can't let your dog be Well, if it was not a nice car, maybe. Yeah, but it's awful. So I, I think um, if, you can't, if you can't actually directly address the problem with the owner, because that's obviously the way to do it, mm. um, you could try and put, you, I mean, obviously clean, clean the door, the area where the, the animal is urinating. There are certain sort of pet remedy or get-off sprays or products yes. and things you can make up that have unattractive smells to try and get the dog to stop marking there, you mm. know, mm. Um, the, you know, try and do that and see, but... Or yeah, buy, it's, it's buy your own dog and, and have it mark the... <laughs> Maybe, and then, and then pay the vet's bills for the fight. <laughs> <Thank> yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you know, really, I, I or think... Just, or just very, very late at night, go out there and mark it yourself. Mm. Mm. That oh. I, didn't, I didn't just say that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've actually heard that pepper, uh, actually putting down pepper where the, where the dog urinates actually helps to keep that dog away. Is that true? I, I don't know. I don't um, know either. I, I, they they don't like the smell of pepper, so they s- tend to run away. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know, I know about you know, you know, vinegar, vinegar, and and sort of. W- you know, washing areas with vinegar and, and bicarbonate apparently does help. Uh, but citronella and the lemon, the citrus smells, they don't mm-hmm. like at all. A lot of the pet remedies the cats, that right? you, yeah. you know, cats and dogs, a lot of the pet mm-hmm. remedies, you know, have that. Um, yeah, so there was a product, there was a product there, in yeah. South mm-hmm. Africa that you could actually put down on the ground 
to try and, and and that really did work because I did it with my own dogs and that worked. Mm. So I mean, you know, you probably just need to hunt around, look on the market, and see what you can do to mm. literally try and train that dog yeah, to not urinate on your front or door. Or get a scarecrow. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, social media. You know, every all of these communities in the UAE, they do have their sort of little social media pages on on Facebook Someone and so can on have as a well. Rant. And I know, but I don't write on them myself. But my my wife goes on, and some people have just the most brilliant rants about bits and pieces. So I mean, you could kind of name and shame would be would well, be my could. suggestion. You could. Another thing you could do is sit by the window or the balcony upstairs, <laughs> and when the dog comes, you can spray it with a really strong water pistol. Absolutely. Ooh. And just every time he comes, he gets sprayed with a water pistol. He'll eventually stop doing it. Isn't this supposed to be a friendly animal yes, show? No, 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 it is. But spraying no, is. the water pistol is fine. It's that, that, that's, that's a good way of training yeah. an animal. Actually, the use of water pistols is also uh, commonly used in the United States. I don't know about here, mm. but commonly used in daycare environments. Oh. Uh, just a little sprayer. It's not, a oh, really? it's not an act of violence. What it right. is is that when you, when, you, when you see two dogs, for example, that are not interacting very well. well and you're worried <laughs> that it might escalate you just give them a little squirt and it's a way of getting them alerted and they they always they always go shy away from the water mm. uh and then you don't have to get physically involved with the animal in case mm. that turns into a risk and so sh- she didn't mean to make it sound no like i didn't mean that and, and a similar thing is <coughs> also you can put uh, a whole lot of coins in a can and you can shake the can and the oh, yeah. noise yeah. Uh, it really distracts them and or fireworks yeah. as we heard <laughs> <laughs> uh, todd i hope you're ready Ready for this? I'm definitely ready. What's the animal? Uh, this is the final clue, uh, or clues, uh, have you wish to do it, Todd, uh, in the uh, What's the Animal competition? Right. This coyote has... Oh, no. Sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Flying coyote. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. All right. The bird has snowy a snowy feathered head, mm-hmm. but is usually mistaken for being bald. Mm. It is used as a proud symbol of the USA and features on its currency. And now, if that didn't give it away, then uh, absolutely nothing did. Uh, we're giving away a two-month supply, supply of Royal Canin Pet Food 4001. If you think you know what the animal is, Abdullah, thanks for your guess. It is not a kingfisher. Uh, but thank <laughs> you very much for your guess. Uh, time for a break. When we come back, we'll have more of your questions. And we're going to answer the question, is there such a thing as a dangerous breed of dog? Stay tuned. Call the show with your question, 04. Yes, moving into the last 10 minutes of the show, Dr. Lucinda Natras, the managing veterinarian and partner at DKC Veterinary Clinic, is here. And Todd Carson, managing partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery as well. Uh, going to rattle through as many of your questions as you can. And we're going to move uh, our topic, uh, which was, is there such a thing as a dangerous breed of dog, to next week? Because we want to focus on your questions. We're getting so many in. Um, question here uh, from Mustafa says, my dog Rambo is a pug. We love him. He has horrible skin, though. Black under his arm. Itches non-stop. We were told by a reputable vet that it's probably an allergy. We've tried all kinds of shampoos and pills, including steroids. It helps a bit, but he's an unhappy dog. His ears are bad. His skin is bad. I feel bad. Oh, shame. Mm. Doesn't sound like a happy dog at all. No. No. um, Well... Skin allergies or skin complaints in dogs are common in Dubai and very frustrating for everybody, most of all Rambo, but obviously you, <laughs> and the vet as well, because um, it's, there's no, if it, if it is indeed a skin allergy, which it, it certainly sounds like it, because um, if steroids help a bit, it makes sense that it, it possibly is that. A sk- the skin allergy topic is immense and long and complicated, and I'm sure you've had uh, many discussions with your vet about it. But basically, it's about management. It's about controlling 
um, factors that make the itches worse. So any secondary infections, uh, any uh, changes in the, uh, the, the, the season where perhaps the allergens or the things that he's allergic to are more prevalent in the air, you know, need to be managed. So that's why you're given shampoos and washes because those type of things help to try and get bacteria and fungi off the skin that can grab hold of weak skin and make the itching worse. Mm. Um, in terms of trying to find out what causes the allergy, I, I don't know whether Rambo's had a diet trial or not because some allergies are caused partly by or solely by allergies to food. So feeding um, a hypoallergenic diet for two to three months is one way of trying to rule that out. If you've done that already to no avail, well, you've ticked off that box. Um, there are also uh, allergy tests that you can do for environmental allergens, you know, things like pollens, grass, molds. And if Rambo comes back with a sort of a reasonable number of these, um, it is you can actually try a desensitization protocol where you actually get vaccines made and he gets injected with the vaccine over a period of time. Those uh, have a great effect in some dogs, a reasonable to good effect in most dogs, and sometimes a bit of a disappointing ef effect in other dogs. So mm. there's no magic bullet there either. In terms of pills too, there is another drug on the market um, that's unfortunately very expensive, but Rambo is a pug, so he's not big, so it's possibly affordable. I would talk to your vet about that. It's not a steroid. It's a steroid-sparing drug. It does suppress the immune system, but without the side effects of steroids, and the only real side effect in my view, I mean, there are obviously side effects, but the big side effect is the cost. Mm. So if you chat to your vet about that, um, he or she should know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, basically, you can try that. You know, the, uh, I've had some really good results with dogs that have been literally scratching and miserable. And once they've been on this medication and they've got down to a maintenance dose, which is more affordable as well, they're absolutely fine. But even dogs that are allergic, that are well controlled, will have times when their skin flares up because their skin is literally weak. The skin is the largest organ in the body, believe it or not. Mm. So you and Rambo have to manage it, but you definitely don't want him left like he is feeling miserable with mm. bad ears and scratching it's not not a nice quality and the of life stuff at all. feels bad as well yeah, we don't course. want him feeling yeah. miserable no there, you, you you can you can there, there are things you can do for sure but mm. it's there's no unfortunately no magic cure mm. uh, hope that helps mustafa uh, we had a, a text earlier from neil who was uh, texting us about the retriever a little follow-up from him says oh, thanks right. for the great answer interestingly he does seek heat uh, we have a large terrace that even now he'll lie in the sun if we're outside uh, we thought that maybe the ac was too cold but maybe worth getting checked out for thyroid uh, thanks for the heads up ref uh, ref scraps we'll speak to my two daughters there we go <laughs> <laughs> he's a responsible dog owner yeah <laughs> that's good so i hope that one helps you there neil uh just time for one more question guys uh, nice quick one here uh, my cat consistently grooms the same spot and loses his hair uh, the hair grows back then he grooms the same spot again and again um, the uh, and then we a little follow-up from that one I think he says the um, the vet says there's nothing wrong with the cat he just likes to groom um, well there, there is there is something called over grooming mm -hmm. which is kind of a generic term that term that floats out there in the ether However, you know, cats groom as part of, the, you know, grooming, obviously, keeping themselves clean. But it's also the way they scratch, too. You know, a dog might lick or scratch itself. A cat might scratch itself. But if they are grooming repeatedly over one area, it could be that the cat is itchy mm. or that there's pain there. It also depends on where the area is. For example, cats with chronic low-grade low bladder inflammation will groom their abdomen over mm. the bladder constantly all the time and it comes and goes according to how the bladder's doing mm. so you know i don't know uh, how far you've gone with your vet and everything whether all of these things have been ruled out because basically to say that a cat is just grooming 
um, is the, the last step in a process of actually ruling out everything else first. Mm. So if he's grooming down to baldness coming and going, I, 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 would, I, I wouldn't say that is normal. Mm. I, I, I think I'd need to be convinced that that was normal by making sure nothing else was going on. Worth checking it out. Yeah. Uh, we've got to conclude this as well. What's the animal? Uh, we uh, Todd's been giving you clues all throughout the last hour of the show. It's been a really difficult one this week, hasn't it, Todd? Yes, it uh, has. Could you please reveal what the mystery animal was? The bald eagle. The bald eagle. Oh, yes. Not How the flying coyote or a kingfisher or nope. anything no. else. Uh, everybody got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> I got it wrong. Everybody else got it right. Well done to all of you uh, for getting it right. The winner uh, this week is Chuck. Uh, you win the two-month supply of Royal Canin Pet Food. So congratulations to you. We will be in touch with you and we'll get you your prize. Uh, thanks uh, to Dr. Lucinda Natras and Todd Carson as well for joining us on the show. Our experts here every month. Monday from 11 to 12. Guys, uh, if we want to go down to uh, the clinic, get a consultation, where are you guys based? Just remind us how in, we can get in, in touch. Motor, in Motor City, just behind the Autodrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have a great map on our website uh, that's easy to find. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, our, our boarding and shipping facility is uh, near Festival City. So. Busy time of year as well, the boarding <laughs> and shipping. Very busy. Very busy right now, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for making time to come and uh, answer as many of the questions as we could get through. And thanks to everyone who sent their questions through this morning and we will answer as many of those as we can.